Welcome back to the Mountains and the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And we're so glad that you're back with us today. Today, we are talking about Jerk Out. It's not really a Prince album. I'm so disappointed in our intro. It's not really, it doesn't apply to some of these episodes, I feel like. Well, we're so misleading. If you're tuning in to hear a Prince album, I guess you've picked the wrong podcast. You're getting a Prince single. That's right. By the time. Yes. With most instruments performed by Prince, uncredited. Yes. And written by Prince. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It was released late June of 1990, so it preceded both the Graffiti Bridge album and the Times album. Right. Different release dates depending on the region you're in. For those of you in the United States, it was June 28th, 1990. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, we mentioned before that it was originally recorded at Prince's Kiowa Trail home in 1981. Crazy talk. Yeah, it was offered to Maserati. Yes. Who turned it down because oh, the, the, ori- the original lyrics right? were somewhat questionable. Um, and then it was planned to be a part of Corporate World. Right. And then it ended up on... Pandemonium? You looked okay. lost for a minute there. <laughs> Not on Graffiti Bridge. What's that other thing called that we <laughs> that we just about covered? Just wild like... times uh, <laughs> and pandas. The, the bamboo album. <laughs> the bamboo album. Yeah. So if you're just tuning into us here, we're in the middle of a deep dive into Graffiti Bridge. We talked about the proper motion picture soundtrack. We watched the film. Covered Pandemonium. And now we're knee-deep into singles, That's starting right. with Thieves in the Temple, just because it was the first official single from the movie. Yes. Uh, Pandemonium is sort of a tangential album related to the film, so we're covering singles there sort of second. Mm-hmm. We do things in out-of-chronological order, just like Prince did. This is a 1990 single of a song written and recorded in 1981, so if he could do it, so can we. That's right. We kind of t- try and take our cues from what Prince did. That's right. That's right. So sometimes we it let... doesn't have to be in chronological order. No, it does not. Like Lots he... of people do chronological order stuff. We're trying to do, we're a little different. Oh, yeah, screw that. We're going in a different direction. We, with as it. Prince once said, we let the wind blow us. It's windy in Texas in January, so we might go to weird places. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of weird places, at one point I had the single for this. Uh huh. Single, the cassette single, uh-huh. the single. For uh, jerk out. For jerk out. Uh-huh. I do not have the official CD oh. for jerk out. I think I have a copy somebody burned for me uh-huh. years and years ago. Not because I didn't want to buy it. I did want to buy it. I couldn't find it. Uh, no. So I remember finding someone who was like, "Oh, I'll burn you a copy of mine." And there you go. Yeah. I tried, Morris. I truly did. That's right. Yeah. We're more than happy to pay for the things that are officially released. Oh, yeah. We can get our hands on them. That's right. So we know this was written and largely performed by Prince with vocals by Morris Day. The single, however, has other credits also for the remixes. Mm-hmm. Um, coordinating producers, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Yep. Executive producer, Benny Medina. And Benny Medina has a long history with Prince. While at Warner Brothers, um, he collaborated with... Ray Charles, Babyface, Shaka Khan, Madonna, Paul Simon, Fleetwood Mac, uh, Naughty by Nature, Queen Latifah, De La Soul, Biz Marquis, 
Very cool. Cool G Rap, Big Daddy Kane, and Moni Love. Wow. Um, Many heavy hitters. Yeah. And he moved from Warner Brothers to Reprise, which is what Pandemonium and this single are on, Reprise slash Paisley Park. And I was trying to find, well, where, where did Reprise come from or what is it? It was founded by Frank Sinatra, a label oh. by Frank Sinatra that Warner Brothers kind of took over. So we get also credits for these remixes, which I had never really looked into before, remixed by a gentleman named Steve Hodge, and additional remix by Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. So they all got a little bit of credit, and then additional programming by Lance Alexander and Tony Tolbert. This is a sausage fest of a single, <laughs> you haven't noticed. It's a bunch of dudes. You and I were talking briefly before we hit record on this about Steve Hodge, because I yeah. didn't know who that was. No, I didn't know who he was. But, What'd you find? Oh, just that he did all the mixes that we're going to talk about today. Right. And that he worked with Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis doing all the mixes for those two and Flight Time Studios from 1986 to 2003. Yeah, so a long-standing really engineer, long basically. But yeah. he didn't just do remixes. He was like the mixer. Right. And he, did, yeah. yeah, and he worked with George Michael, Janet Jackson, Mariah Carey, Usher, TLC, Tony Braxton, Rod Stewart, Sting, and more. Michael Jackson on History oh, also? I didn't even see that one. Yeah, yeah, very, very cool. So there's a lot about him online. Oh, yeah. And where could you find that, Christy? Hey, Josh, you can find us on <laughs> Facebook, The Mountains and the Sea, a Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast. And you, or you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. And if you're still waiting for an email, on an email for me, I took our little break really seriously. And oh, didn't over the do, holidays? Over the holidays and did not. No, 2021. Oh, I'm sorry. What year is it again? <laughs> I don't know. You're right. December of 2021 is what we're talking about. Uh-huh. Yeah. So I'm still, uh, you know, getting back at that if you're waiting on me. Oh, uh, sorry. I, get, I didn't know. I'm getting there. I know. I you don't know. check that email. So I do not. Christy yeah. is in charge of all things social, all things That's email. Right. All things podcast mixing. Christy is the Steve Hodge <laughs> of the Mountains and the Sea. Thank you. From what, 2019 through? 2018. Was it 2018? To present. Mm-hmm. It's quite a resume you're building. I'm I think trying. You have a, I think you have a big future in this. Oh. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> I mentioned that I did not have the an actual physical copy. Right. But the album artwork itself was just a black cover with kind of pink crazy type on it it's I think so it, fun it's I super love fun the it's fun, in like, the very same style as the type treatment for pandemonium on the album chocolate yes uh-huh and chocolate's also great yeah. and we will talk about that also yes but not today not today that's right for another time children <laughs> yeah so i mean it was really there's some like power behind this mm-hmm. it's really like yeah. Great and fun, and I wish it had been maybe a little bigger. I completely agree. I you enjoyed it. I do, I enjoyed it, and it just seemed like seemed all this surprised. like work that went into it. That mm-hmm. and it's fun. And yeah. why didn't it get promoted? Probably because the time was about done. Broke up. I did do yeah. well on the charts. We covered that when we talked about mm-hmm. the proper album. This was a hit for them. Yeah, maybe, maybe their biggest. Close to it. Certainly as a full band, anyway. 
Yeah, but you never hear it anymore unless you go looking for it. Correct. This is not something you hear on the radio. It's not enduring. No. It's not like the occasional bird. Yeah. Or jungle jungle love, I think, is what you'll hear sometimes. Which to me, I mean, if it's a matter of what's not troubling to put on the radio, you know. (laughs) I mean. I mean, jungle love is not troubling. It's just a, you know. Uh, 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 a, a term for you know mixed racial <laughs> uh-huh. relations, but it's not just about marriage. There, it's about you know other things, uh-huh. doing things, as we <laughs> like to say. <laughs> yeah. So let's start off with the jerk out sexy mix. All right. All right, and I'm gonna post links to as many of these as I can. There were a few that I couldn't find oh, online. links for online, so you know you'll have to be creative about finding those if you are uh, looking for them yourself. But I'll post as many as I can. Okay. Um, this one I did have the sexy mix, of course, by Steve Hodge. Right. Yeah. Starts out with. The sexy socialites. That's right. The thing that was a segue on the album is the beginning of Jerk Out here. Of yeah. Jerk Out, the sexy mix. Hey, isn't that Morse Day over there? Uh-huh. Who cares? <laughs> Girl, is he still going out with Tracy? <laughs> I hope not. I'd like to go out with him myself. Look, isn't that Morse Day over there? Who cares? Girl, is he still going out with Tracy? She should dump him. I wish she would, because I think he is so cute. Girl, please. Do you think he would go out with me? Here he comes. Uh, I think he is so cute. (laughs) (laughs) I just love that there's one that's like totally into him, and the other one's like, yeah. I have no time for this business. Yeah, so to his credit, Morris didn't paint a picture of himself as being endearing to all women. That's right. Even though he comes off that way. He pretends that he is, but right. he understands that that is not factual. That, that's right. <laughs> There's a deep understanding there. I will say all the lyrics and vocal parts to all of these mixes are straight from the album version. It's not like they did remixes and pulled some unreleased parts or mm-hmm. did additional singing or vocal parts at all. Uh, so these truly do fit into the remix category mm-hmm. to me like stems and other assets were given to steve hodge and they said have fun with this and hmm. this is what he came back did with he? maybe i just don't remember did he say sexy mix in the original oh he says sexy me oh oh sexy me oh and maybe it just reads like sexy mix oh, when is that you what hear you it. heard that's what i heard oh i didn't hear that but of course i've been listening to jerk out for uh-huh. far too long yeah yeah, it's sexy Maybe. me. Oh, okay. Sexy me. It sounds like mix when you are reading sexy mix as the title of the track. Gotcha. I mm. think uh, the lyric sexy me came before sexy mix. Uh-huh. But it's full of, you know, those the ladies do their little intro kind of acapella we'll say Uh and then this house beat comes in and then there's tons of samples that run throughout this whole song with uh oh hmm yeah sexy me hit it yeah i 
like this collection of these things. I really love that, that they're pulled out and used in these mixes. And we hear them in a lot of these mixes where they are used more like instruments than vocals. Right. It's super fun. I am surprised that you found it enjoyable. I thought you were going to say repetitive. It's just the same thing. over. I mean, that's what it is. Yes, it is repetitive. But the fact that you found it fun surprises Mm -hmm. me. I had I didn't know. Actually, if I had to guess, I would have thought this would have been a big thumbs down from you. Oh, but no, no. Your thumbs are slightly up. My my thumbs are normal. Normal thumbs. <laughs> They're not double jointed. Still making cows jealous. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have thumbs. Um, I mean, it. You know, there are parts where it gets too long um this mix is eight minutes and 51 seconds so it is not short that is for sure no but there are a lot of elements i'm glad that you enjoyed it because i do too Mm -hmm. um especially like 31 seconds to 38 seconds there's prince's rhythm guitar that's pretty much isolated with that house beat under it And wow, I mean, I think that that, if you ask me, in my opinion, I think this is where you can tell that the song dates back to 1981. If you listen to that rhythm guitar part and compare it to Controversy. 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 And also many of the outtakes on 1999 Super Deluxe Edition, you'll find a lot of similarities, which this sounds like a early 90s song to me, mm-hmm. but hearing different parts of it that I think were carried over from the original version really dated. If you listen to Controversy at 3 minutes and 27 seconds under Prince saying the Lord's Prayer, it's a very similar rhythm guitar to what you hear um, in this part of Sexy Mix and throughout many of these songs we're going to talk about here. My Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Yeah, super cool. And just after that, at 49 seconds, there's an organ sound. Mm-hmm. And that is a sample from the 1960s song, The Champ, by the Mohawks. I learned something new. I did not know. I didn't know if it was a sample or something else was played, you know, separately mm-hmm. by Steve Hodge or something. It could have been a Jimmy Jam, Terry Lewis contribution. Nope, and I know the part that you're talking about, mm-hmm. and I can hear it in my head. And it's kind of the basis of, it runs through all these remixes, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. I had no idea that it was sampled. How did you find that, Christy? Oh, uh, that was whosampled.com. Oh, yeah? Cool. It's a wealth of information. It's yeah. so great. I didn't even bother looking, because I thought this is such a fringe hit that oh. I didn't think that I was going to find it anywhere. So I didn't even look. Points to you. Oh, well. Points to you. In addition to that synth part, there's additional piano parts that you can hear throughout also. Mm -hmm. Uh, Three minutes and 27 seconds to three minutes and 39 seconds. There's a little piano part. 
Again, I assumed that that was newly recorded for this, but I have not listened to what was the song. Oh, that that's sampled? not the, from that. Oh, it's it's the organ sound yeah. that's the champ. This okay. is the piano sound. Is I don't know where that came okay. from. It's not sampled from somewhere. Oh, I assumed that it was new, just like I assumed. Yeah. That uh, the organ part was also new. Right. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. It gave it this like loungy. It did. Like not in a bad way. Right. Not like a mocking lounge no. against the machine kind of way, <laughs> which is also awesome. Lounge against the machine. I haven't thought about that in a while. Oh, yeah. It's so good. You got to listen to lounge against the machine. I also kind of f- laughed a little bit when uh, like three minutes and 41 seconds, uh, Morris Day calls out Terry. Uh-huh. <laughs> Where after that, we usually hear the bass part of the song because that's like the part that Terry played was bass guitar. Uh, But instead, it's more of a breakdown and you hear uh, the vocal samples um, that we mentioned before there. So some even though they used uh, parts of uh, the vocals that we've already heard, I think they're used in fun ways and it does go in different directions Mm -hmm. that are usually pretty fun. Yep. I laugh a little bit at three minutes and 55 seconds when Morris says, cut him, Jesse. Uh-huh. And we don't have Jesse's, Jesse Johnson's guitar solo. We get more of Prince's rhythm guitar playing, mm-hmm. which to me, I just want to call out controversy. <laughs> cut him, Jesse. And you hear it so much more in this song than you do in the album version. Mm-hmm. We get more uh, piano after uh, Morris says, fellas, y'all play something. At four minutes and 44 seconds, there's more of those piano parts that I think are new through about the five-minute mark. Yeah. So. Um, in addition to Prince's rhythm guitar playing, I've got, Five minutes and two seconds and to five minutes and 15 seconds, there's a kind of a pluckier rhythm guitar. Mm-hmm. These are Josh Norman terms, not educated musician terms. Uh, you get that kind of happening at five minutes and two seconds through five minutes, 15 seconds, and then... Prince's rhythm guitar is put on top of it at five minutes and 17 seconds. Uh-huh. And there's another sample of someone saying number one. Uh-huh. Did you hear yeah. that? Yeah. I don't know who that. I don't either. And I couldn't fa- find there. It wasn't listed that that was on a who sam- sampled on who sampled. Yeah. Uh, I don't know either. I did not do like a Apple Music or Spotify search for maybe it's from a song called Number One, but it sounds like a old style uh-huh. MC saying Number One, <laughs> and it's just used repeatedly, sparingly in this mix, but repeatedly throughout the whole um, maxi single or twelve inch vinyl, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call this. We get the fellas, what's the move? Call outs at six minutes and six seconds, jerking everything in sight. chant for wrecking up the kids Mm -hmm. club yeah 
destroying the glam slam, slamming stuff at the glam slam. Yeah. Chicken everything inside. Yeah, I was. That was fun to keep that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. My last little note on this is at seven minutes and forty-eight seconds deep into the song, you can hear that plucky guitar and rhythm guitars under Morris's pseudo seduction of two women as the song closes, asking if you know that's a, that's a lovely blouse. Mm-hmm. Can I take it off? No. <laughs> Uh, that sure is a lovely blouse you have on. <laughs> Thank you. Can I take it off? <laughs> no. Well, that's going on underneath it, and then we get a really long fade out that starts at 8 minutes and 30 seconds or so. Yeah, and goes forever. For a while. Yeah, yeah a long good time. 40 seconds or so. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, I will come back to this again. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it probably as much as the single itself. Mm-hmm. I agree. I'm not that big of a house guy. Um, no. Like what happened to Round and Round with Junior Vasquez is a different kind of, it's a much more upbeat, less ethereal kind of house music. Uh-huh. That I th- right. And the fact that it uses some of the original elements and actually brings them, like features them more than the original version of the song does makes it unique to me. Yeah. Thumbs up for me on yeah, the me too. sexy mix. I'm thrilled that you liked the sexy mix yeah, also. I did. I liked it quite a bit. Then we have Mo Jerk Out. Mo Jerk Out. As if eight minutes and whatever wasn't enough. Well. I know that that's a remix, but yeah, yes. This is almost like, like, if you think of it in terms of Thieves in the Temple and New Power Generation, it's Jerk Out Part 2. Right. And this was criminally not on the 12-inch or the CD maxi single. It was only the B-side on the 7-inch and the single, oh, which really? is where I had heard it before. Ah. Yeah. So if you went out and bought the specially priced CD maxi single, you did not get the song, which is also criminal yes. to me. There's space on there. Put it on there. Come on. Put it on there. Yeah. Even not including the album version is also maybe a little... Yes, yeah, suspect. Underhanded. Yeah. 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 I'm looking at you, Reprise Records. <laughs> um, so this isn't a remix. This is kind of an instrumental version of kind of like Jerk a Out. Coda. Uh, yeah, like Thieves in the Temple Part 2, uh-huh. to a degree. Four minutes and 36 seconds, so uh, half as long as the sexy mix. Mm-hmm. But uh, man, what an intro. We get Prince's rhythm guitar isolated for the first... 13 seconds of the song. And the version I have that I shared with you to listen to for this is a rip from vinyl. Uh So it has this warm, uh, these vinyl pops throughout the song and you can hear it especially uh-huh. at the beginning. Yeah. And I realize that's not part of the song. It's just an artifact uh-huh. of the source material, but it makes me so happy to hear that in uh-huh. headphones and hear the vinyl popping and it's uh-huh. not artificial. Uh-huh. It's actually from this uh, rip of the song that was on the seven inch single. Yeah. Yeah. It's warm and lovely. It is. For sure. Yes. We have that kind of acoustic guitar. Then mm-hmm. there's, the drums and the rhythm guitar and then the bass gets later on after that the first like 30 40 seconds of the song are just a glorious building of all of this stuff it's really yeah effective yes it is and not 
house music in any way. It's not a DJ take on this. Mm-hmm. It is truly uh, a different recording uh, of the song, mostly without lyrics. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I also realized, speaking of the first 30 seconds of the song, if you listen closely to the drums from 15 seconds to 30 seconds. This song is way more like 777-9311 than I ever realized. Listen to 777-9311 from 28 seconds to 44 seconds to the drums and compare them to the drums in Mo Jerk Out, and you can tell that they are kind of cut from the same cloth. Very cool. The additional instruments that were put on top of it, probably when the song was you know, uh, brought in for use by the time, make it sound radically different, but in breakdown moments on Mo Jerk Out, you can hear, you know, kind of the soul and heart or heart and soul of the song uh, definitely reveals the truth of when it was conceived and, and recorded. Very cool. Yeah, there's some organs that like a minute and a half that give it this very 70s funk vibe. Yeah. Again, yeah. really effective. I hear like 1999 era synths, like um, in the style of the unreleased version of Irresistible Bitch that oh, was on oh, yeah. 1999 Super Deluxe. I hear that throughout this song too. And this is one that I will revisit more often. Obviously, I've had it for a long time. I don't seek it out very much. But this is kind of a golden era B-side from Prince and other contributions from, you know, whatever the time did with it in addition to Prince's work. But I just thought this was a great little gem to find. So I would highly recommend you seek out Mo Jerk Out. Mm-hmm. I do have a link for it. Mo so. Seek Out. Did you, did you did find it? This one I did find a link for yeah. it. Was yeah. Was it a YouTube thing that you oh, found? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course it was. Yeah, mostly. Mo- mostly I, fi- I can find stuff on YouTube, if not there, yeah. just SoundCloud or mm-hmm. MixCloud. will often have these sort of rare yeah. sorts of things. Mm-hmm. Great track, though. Yeah. Then we have the Sexy Dub. Sexy Dub. Seven minutes and nine seconds. Again, um, another long one. It is a long one. Um, just to revisit, and I went to revisit, we talked about this many, many episodes ago. What exactly is a dub mix, and why is that a thing, and what's the difference between a remix and a dub mix? So just to uh, kind of reset myself, dub mixing is a musical art form where the engineer becomes a musician, and they use their console and the effects as an instrument in a way that typically a mixer or an engineer wouldn't do when recording. Um, so and like in this and dance music, a dub mix is a version of a track in which the main vocals have been removed. And this is also known as an instrumental version in other genres such as pop music. However, here we've got a lot of the uh, vocals that are still in the track. So this is almost pushing what a dub mm-hmm. really is. Right. Just with the fact that it uses a lot of the vocals from the original song. Mm-hmm. But again, there's samples of vocals from the original song that are used in such a way that they perform more like instruments. Right. 
Yeah. So you hear that a lot, like at 45 seconds, really throughout, but it's really obvious right there early in the song. Yeah. Well, even earlier, two minutes to 14 seconds or two seconds to 14 <laughs> seconds. If you go to the two minute mark and then listen to it through 14 seconds, <laughs> that makes no sense. Uh, two seconds through 14 seconds. There are different percussion samples at the during that part that are definitely samples from other songs that I don't think are part of Prince's archive or okay. um, you know library. I think they come from elsewhere, but I do not know where they're from. But they're clearly a different song somewhere. Look, isn't that Morris Day over there? Like we were saying, this does have vocals in it starting in a minute and three seconds. We get the entire first verse of the song, mm-hmm. which I would say are similar to the sexy mix, but fewer of the synths and organs, a little more stripped down, but still pretty housey. Yes. And I thought what was interesting about that was that there's the main vocal track by Morris is this rap style performance, but with all that other background stuff pulled away, you can hear that the lyrics are also being sung behind it. Yeah. He's got a little vibrato in uh, his delivery. Yeah. It's like, it's layered Morris on top of himself, which it's there in the other mixes and in the original track, but you just don't, really notice it as much but here with all that other stuff pulled back a little bit you get to hear that yeah there's more nuance in the delivery mm-hmm. than i think you hear on the surface for sure yeah we get the uh, terry at three minutes and nine seconds and we do get the bass part that terry plays after mm-hmm. that terry And then I was sort of expecting at three minutes and 22 seconds when he calls out, cut him, Jesse. But we don't get Jesse solo Mm -mm. in this either. It's like there was an aversion to using a guitar solo on this 12-inch single. Cut him, Jesse. Um, There's also different musical elements happening at three minutes and 49 seconds through four minutes and six seconds or so after Morris says, fellas, y'all play something, and they it goes in a different direction than the sexy mix altogether. Mm-hmm. Hey, fellas, y'all play something. I really love the uh-huh. sample yeah. that we get a lot of mm-hmm. where he tells her to to go put her number by his data bank and yeah. she's like, hmm. like, yeah, dream on. Yeah, <laughs> but I love that that gets used a lot. It's Yeah, it was very... a nice little piece to pull out and uh-huh. use, like you said, almost as a instrument. Yeah. We get that sample of number one again. Yes. Don't know who that is. Me either, but I think it's, uh, it's definitely picked up from somewhere. Yeah. Um, there's also a sample... Of another song that I can't place, but it sounds like a woman singing jerk out, but I think it's she's saying something else entirely. It's at four minutes and thirty-five seconds to four minutes and thirty-seven seconds. I don't even know how to describe it, but you'll magically put a piece of it in here <laughs> so folks can hear it. 
And there's another sample here. There's an organ sound in the background at five minutes and 17 seconds. can really hear it and it's a sample of public en- enemies can't do nothing for you man really yep also had no idea was that another who sampled find for yes. you all right well lesson learned do a better job preparing josh <laughs> or don't and just let me teach you things occasionally sure, okay. it's fun well, to... I, can, I can look and let you lead the way so oh. i'm just not surprised and <laughs> blown out of the water when i come in to record a podcast <laughs> yeah there's a jerking everything in sight make a little love tonight chance from the boys mm-hmm. but without morris's call out of fellas so yeah. i thought even that had a different kind of take that i enjoyed a lot yeah It wasn't so much a call and response. It was just the responses. And it was very fun. Yeah, very fun. Uh, The part that I would say I wasn't wild about was that ear-piercing synths at the very end of the song that kind of drone on for a little bit. Yeah, and it's kind of eerie. It is eerie. Um, It is in the original song, and you can also hear it in Mo Jerk Out, but again, it's pulled to the front and has a little bit of a a black sweat kind of at all. It almost (laughs) hurts a little bit, depending on how high you have the volume turned up. So I could have probably done without that part, but you know, it's a remix, and they're working with what they have, which is all these elements of the song, and this is part of the song, so Mm -hmm. I can't really argue with it much. Yeah. Then we have Jerk Out the Sexy Edit. Yeah. This one I could not find a link for. Uh, well, I think in this case, the name says it all. It's a shorter version, a sexy mix, and it's four minutes and 32 seconds versus eight minutes and 54 seconds. Mm-hmm. So it's almost like they took the sexy mix and they chopped it almost right in half. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I don't know that we have to go deep into this because it just is kind of a recut of the sexy mix. Right. And I get a little bit of sexy fatigue by the time this one comes on, you know, (laughs) eight minutes and 51 seconds of the song followed by the shorter edit. So it's nice to have, especially if you're making a playlist for yourself or back in the day, burning a CD for yourself. It's nice to have it handy. But this is one that I usually skip just because it's nothing new on top of, it's almost like a radio version, radio edit of the sexy mix. Sure. And it fades out during the fellas chant. Yeah. Um, Which I'm like, that's a really fun part of the song. It's kind of a shame that they fade it out. Yeah. But if you want that, it's there for you. Right. doubly long version so right. I, I get that there's no way they could have included all the cool parts in the mm-hmm. shorter version so it's it's a nice to have but again putting this on the 12 inch or the maxi single and not including Mo Jerk Out is not a, including is the a, album version a, yeah it's a little bit of a puzzler yeah or at least the radio edit of the song which is theoretically where you would have heard it because this came out before the album. Right. So you would have heard it on the radio and maybe would have appreciated even just the single edit of Jerk mm-hmm. Out, but it is omitted. You can't have it. You must buy the album. That's right. <laughs> Try again next time, sucker. Yep. That's how they roll at the racket that was Reprise Records. 
racket. <laughs> then we have the sexy instrumental of Jerk Out. Uh, this is another one I could not find a link for. Yeah, and I would. This is what, seven minutes, seven minutes and one second, something yeah. like that. And I'd categorize this as it's an instrumental re-edit of the sexy mix. Yeah, you hear those synths or the organs. I think that you were mentioning from two seconds to nine seconds. Mm-hmm. It's a really good opportunity to hear them there because they're a little more isolated. And they're used in the sexy mix and the sexy edit. I do want to say I kind of appreciate the fact that it mercifully fades out before the ear-piercing sense <laughs> from the sexy dub. Uh-huh. So I guess there's a little something here for everyone. If you like the long mix, it's there for you. If you want a shorter version, it's there for you. If you want kind of an instrumental version mm-hmm. that's uh, uh, sort of got elements from both the sexy mix and the sexy dub, but doesn't have any of the lyrics at all, then No, but it does have, is. again, vocals that are used mm-hmm. instrumentally. Samples. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but that's just my overall take on this is, you know, this is a collection of edits for you to have and love, mm-hmm. mix and match as you like. Yep. There's there's interesting things. There's like some gr- great guitars. There's mm-hmm. this little weird like whizzing sound that almost sounds like a joke buzzer. At one point. Okay. There's uh, Morris some is such a clown. So. Longer synths that are played. Okay. You get this, you know, bass guitar that's only in the left channel. Mm-hmm. Then there's a, a little sample of. Morris Day's laugh, but only a little piece of it. Okay. And it kind of sounds like a deranged bird. (laughs) The the way it's sampled and played. Some people (laughs) categorize Morris Day as that exactly. (laughs) A deranged bird. Um, There's some inconsistent drums and sparse piano. Yeah. An organ sound that I don't really care for. For, So there's things that happen that mix it up and change it a little bit and bring some interest. But I would say overall, it's far too long. Yeah, I agree. But again, you're deep into CD, maxi, single, 12-inch vinyl territory. Mm -hmm. So this was a place to, you know, almost kind of play uh equip clubs with dance music that is more than just a three minute radio thing that you would think you would that someone at a record executive thought let's load them up uh-huh. and hope this gets some buzz some club play yeah some yeah. club buzz I don't even know if that's a thing anymore well certainly not as much in the middle of a pandemic I would hope as it used to be Going yeah. to a club and saying, oh, what song? Well, that's, I love this song. That's uh-huh. a different version of it. What is this? Yeah. Um, I don't know if that's such a thing anymore with, with streaming music. I don't know. Never went clubbing even when it was a thing. <laughs> no, you never did. No. No. <laughs> Golf clubbing, maybe. 
Then we have Jerk Out Acapella, which uh, is really the vocals stripped out yeah. and isolated. Sort of. Uh, two minutes and 23 seconds for Jerk Out Acapella. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, I'll immediately call BS on this. Yes, the vocals are isolated, like you said, but kind of, because you can hear the music track playing in the background. Like, there's bleed-through of the music that's clearly audible. Uh So what the heck is that? I mean, they obviously had the vocal tracks recorded separately because they were used for the other mixes. Uh And here... In fact, like the louder the vocals, the louder the backing track that you can hear. So if you listen closely <laughs> to the chorus at 47 seconds, when they sing jerk out, uh-huh. the backing track is more loud also. Like it's done with software sort of, or at least with some kind of algorithm that huh. uh, pushed back the music a certain percentage so that when... There's nothing happening vocally. You get silence, but when there are vocals, you can hear especially like a tambourine playing. And when there's shout-outs, the backing track gets very audible. Huh. How much money you make? Let's just say the more money you will see in your lifetime. <laughs> it just sounds like a little bit of a mess to me. But oh, right. if you're into hearing some of the subtleties and the delivery of Morris with... That seems like it's just kind of a spoken thing and mm-hmm. could have been done very easily. Uh, all the layering that happens with his vocals yeah. and the nice singing parts that are actually part of this that are in the album version but kind of get buried, are they, they do stand out here Yeah, in a nice way. Yeah. Well, and yeah, when they're done really well, mm-hmm. you can really tell. Right. And when the vocals are a little less well... You can really tell there, too? You can really tell that, too. Is there a part that you thought was Um, poorly done? Well, like, there's a really beautiful part, like, at a minute and 14 seconds, where he's, it's this really nicely sung bit. Okay. I'm talking about the... Jerk it, jerk it, jerk out. And then, like, just right after that, a minute and 20 seconds... It's not that it's not good. It's just that Morris does a little better when he's singing oh, than right. the spoken stuff. Yeah. It doesn't sound as confident or full. Okay. I took her to my crib and I laid her down. Her body felt kind of right. Interesting, because that's like his more current music is definitely more in the spoken word rapping mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg you know, collaboration kind of thing as opposed to, you know, the ballads on Pandemonium and certainly the first three mm-hmm. time albums, albums by the time. He has a nice voice. He is singing. Yeah. Um, and it's not like his voice was shot by the time Pandemonium came out because he can still, he's got the pipes. Mm-hmm. But that's, you know, it's just a matter of how Jerkout was done. It's almost, it, it's sort of a, Maybe a second or third cousin to Irresistible Bitch when I think about it with the way that the B-side version of Irresistible Bitch was delivered by Prince, which was kind of the spoken quick thing with some light singing. Right. It's a lot. It's very similar to the delivery of Jerk Out. Mm -hmm. That's fair. I do like the nice vocal ending that the acapella version has. Jerk it, jerk it, jerk out. Mm -hmm. It's kind of this nice ending to a quote-unquote acapella version. I'm talking about the... Jerk it, jerk it, jerk out. 
But I say that rolling my eyes <laughs> deeply into the back of my head. <laughs> yeah, we don't get the uh, Terry or Jesse call outs. Right. Which makes sense. Yeah, because they're because supposedly not playing instruments. Yeah, but theoretically, you're not supposed to be hearing instruments. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I'm guessing you didn't hear that quite as much as I did. No, I guess oh, not. Man. Oh, it bothered me a lot. Oh, sorry. I'm out on walks listening to these songs and thinking, what? what is... Come on. <laughs> Come on. Give me a break. Yeah. I wasn't born yesterday. I didn't just fall off the turnip truck. I didn't just fall off the jerk-out truck. <laughs> Then we mentioned at the end of our last episode talking about these in the temple that we'd throw in a little special surprise here for mm-hmm. jerk out. So there is a, obviously we know this uh, has a version that Prince wrote and sung himself. That's not in circulation though. Okay. However, what is in circulation is a soundboard recording of Prince and the Revolution doing a sound check that's about 11 minutes long. It was recorded at Cal Palace in Dale City, San Francisco. On March 5th, 1985, so part of the Purple Rain Tour, deep into the Purple Rain Tour, uh, that particular sound check included not only Jerk Out, but also Chocolate, a couple different takes of 17 Days, a handful of takes of Let's Pretend We're Married, all recorded during the sound check. So it's got a, it is a very Purple Rain era Lindrum rehearsal, basically, Uh with Bobby Z kind of playing accents on top of... Uh, Lindrum, Prince calls out, player's ball, huh? At the beginning of this thing. Player's ball, huh? Clavinet, Matt, A. Which uh, was a single from Maserati, which Uh you mentioned earlier. That was a band that included uh, revolution bassist Brown Mark. um, And Maserati would have an album on Paisley Park Records in 1986 that includes player's ball. Jerk Out was offered to them uh-huh. and they recorded a version with Sir Casey Terry on lead vocals, but was not included uh, in the album. So it's just kind of neat to hear Prince kind of call this out. You can tell this was in the works and it was kind of this Prince project and the revolution probably lended a hand also. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like you said, the song jerk out was rejected by Maserati because of the song's lyrics containing overt references to sexual violence and racism which were, if you're thinking, well, I don't really hear that. It's not that bad. And the Times version, well, that's because they rewrote the lyrics. Uh-huh. As the song gets going, Prince is kind of calling out to the different band members to do different things. And Dr. Fink gets a call out. Uh, yes, but he calls him Matt. He does. He calls him by his first name, Matt. Uh-huh. Clavinet, uh, Matt, N-A. Yeah. So uh, that's kind of fun. And then he tells him, you know, Dr. Feek starts playing the clavinet in the chord of A. And Mm -hmm. Prince says, that's funky, but play something else. Play some rhythm. That's funky, but play something else. Play some rhythm. And he asks him to play something higher up. And uh, Prince is very pleased with it. He calls out, yes, Matt, yes. Mm-hmm. Now lead the strings off. Yes, yes, Matt, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instructions kind of continue. Prince says, change it to D. You stay in A, Matt. And, you know, just the typical, if you've ever heard a Prince sound check, it's that kind of thing. It's an extended jam with Prince 
kind of putting putting the band through an exercise or two and checking sound. But as far as jerk out goes, you can kind of tell that's what the song is. Um, It could have been any number of songs, really. Uh, The beat is similar and the lindrums are similar. But at 3 minutes and 11 seconds, we get Prince singing the first verse of the original version, but he never sings the chorus or really identifies the song exactly as right. Jerk Out. It's just kind of a dancing around the lyrics a little bit, maybe mm-hmm. to check a mic or that kind of thing. Overall, this is like 11 minutes long. Um, yes, it is Jerk Out. Um, but it, it's also kind of just a revolution workout. Mm-hmm. It's super cool. And I did find a link to this to share. So Ooh. people will get to hear this. And uh, much later, I love how turquoise wearing yeah. is used as this kind of derogatory term, which was, yes. I thought, very funny. Yeah. Turquoise wearing. Wally, did you get the turquoise caterpillar? Good God. Um, and there was a little Morris Day style laugh too. <laughs> Both in the eight minute time frame. Yeah. Yeah. Know. But it was, it's very fun, very worth a listen. And cool. yes, it's jerk out. You can f- tell that it's jerk out, but it's also not quite. Yeah. It's very interesting. It is. Yeah. It's, it's a very cool listen. Yeah. For sure. Then we have the jerk out promotional video. The promo video. <laughs> it feels very produced for a promotional video. It's True. very nicely filmed. It they is. have very fun outfits. They rented a stretch pink convertible. Yes. That goes on forever. I don't know. I've tried to count how many seats were in this thing, how many rows of seats, but yeah. Well, and later you see that it's got a hot tub in the back of it, too. I'm like, where did they even find this car? Who is renting this car that it was available to even be in this video? Especially in a place like Minneapolis where you think, you know, convertibles and (laughs) cars with hot tubs in them kind of have a small window of opportunity to get used Uh in the city of Minneapolis. Because it's got to be cool enough to want to sit in the hot tub. Right. But warm enough to have a convertible. Right. So You use it a lot in San Antonio. Yeah. yeah. And well, not not so much. I, I've never seen one in San Antonio. Me either, because Certainly it's a very a niche one. vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> There's a small group of people who want to drive around the downtown of a city somewhere in this particular vehicle. What happens when you make turns and apply the brakes with a hot tub in your vehicle? I mean, you think that it's like a, a Chevy Slosh or something. It's got to be the name of it. I don't know. <laughs> so did you notice that they used Morris's laugh at the beginning of the song from Chocolate? Oh, no, I didn't. It has nothing to do with Jerk Out. It's the laugh that introduces Chocolate. That's cut into the beginning of this, and Morris Day does a half-decent version of kind of laugh-syncing himself at the beginning of it. It's kind of amusing to, to watch. Anyway. Yeah. Huh. And uh, they roll up in that pink convertible something mm-hmm. that was not a BMW. Right. And uh, so 
Morris singing about how he picked out a suit that matched the BMW. Yeah. But he didn't roll up in a BMW, and the suit didn't match the vehicle they did roll up yeah, in because right. it's kind of gold, and the Blue. the vehicle yeah. is pink. pink. And I don't know that I would necessarily call that outfit a suit either. Oh. I mean, it's suit-like in that the tie matches the jacket. Yeah, and there's a lapel. And the, and... the lapels match his pants because uh-huh. it's just like gold brocade sort of thing. Yeah. But it's not really like a suit style. It's more like a smoking jacket That's style. True. Yeah. Which so is would... still very much Morris's style to this day. He yes. has perfected the uh yeah, like you said, the smoking suit or uh-huh. having an ascot almost, uh-huh. you know? Yeah, but I mean like all of his buddies are in like more traditional right. style suits. Yeah. Even though they're very like they're custom Stylistic they like, yeah. and, you know, not just like your boring Wall Street suit. Right. They're yeah. very... Yeah, this isn't the kind of thing that you would wear to an interview. Unless no. you were interviewing with a pimp, maybe. <laughs> a lot of LinkedIn ads going on right now for <laughs> pimp assistance. <laughs> or, or pimp looks to expand business. Yeah. Needs partner. Leave your number on the table by my databank, Morris. <laughs> So watching this, until I watched this, it never once occurred to me that when he slipped up to the Stella at the bar and kissed her on the cheek and flashed his cash, Uh that it never once occurred to me that she might already be talking to somebody. Oh, he like interrupted, right? Uh Uh-huh. And I'm like, of course he, he would only interrupt now that I think about it. Oh, he would. There'd be no girl sitting alone who didn't already have somebody to talk to. He's he only wants the girl that's already wanted. Yes. What's the matter with that lady to be sitting there by herself? Uh-huh. Would be Morris's internal voice, right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, she must not be worth my time. Yeah. Or I can't so, be seen with someone who's already alone. Right. I mean, unless some other dude's taking an interest in her. Yeah. Why would I bother? True. That's a very good point. And it never occurred to me until I watched this video. That's a great takeaway. (laughs) I mean, I guess, you know, we want our videos to educate us about the artists that we're listening to. So to that end, (laughs) this is very successful. I love that part of this is, uh, well, first of all, he's got a sweet white laptop that he uses for his data bank that's like a compact, you know, Uh six inch thick which was spinning ball laptop, which the was state of the art, state of the art, and absolutely the most expensive computer you could buy at the time. Yeah, yeah. I don't see Morris using a laptop though. It just doesn't seem like he would have someone else use it. Or Jerome would be typing on the laptop. Did you see that they're at the Palomino Valley Barn Dance, a country music club? <laughs> well, yeah. Well, before we get to that, oh, my jumping ahead. You are. You're jumping ahead. It also, you know, the Stella is very annoyed to be told to just leave her number with yeah. the rest of his data bank. Yeah. And I love that she, like, goes over there and she doesn't leave her number. She, like, messes up the numbers yeah, that are there. Right. <laughs> I'll do you one better, dick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> she, like, throws them on the floor and stuff. I thought that was great. I'm yeah. Like, that was yeah. good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Baby, don't get too comfortable because I really like to sleep alone. Isn't that what every woman wants to hear from someone that they 
go home with. Oh. Yeah. 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 So endearing. Yeah. All right. Now, yes, the country bar. Yeah, it's the Palomino Valley Barn Dance. It's a country music club that they're at, and Morris has a lasso. I had no idea <laughs> that he had cow roping skills, but they're on full display. This is Morris Day in the Time Rodeo Monium. <laughs> Yes, I was like, oh, he's just showing that he is attractive to Stella's of all musical persuasions. Mm. Yeah, I think mm. you're right. I don't mm-hmm. know why else. They, I mean, it was just, it was humorous. It was funny. Uh-huh. Um, it was funny. But, but yeah. why are they crashing all these clubs when, like, Morris owns two clubs in Graffiti Bridge, but in Pandemonium, it's sort of not mentioned or not part of the story. Right. So there's yeah. not quite as much crossover as I expected. Oh, okay. But, you know, this isn't a, you know, like a T.C. Eliot story. This is <laughs> the time and Prince having fun. That's right. Spending money. Yep. Yeah, he goes to this uh, country bar, picks up all the cowgirl Stellas. Yep. yep. Then abandons them at the ATM machine. Right. They all yeah. get off the... A yeah. shorter convertible. Yeah, so he could get some cash. So he could get some cash, and they're all like, ooh, money. And then they drive off without the girls. Yeah. Which was kind of funny. That's kind of funny. I mean, it's a dirty dog move, but kind of funny. It's uh, in character. Uh-huh. Does not break character, that Morris. And then they end up at the fancy hotel country club kind of thing. Oh, I didn't realize it was a, I thought it was some kind of mansion. I'm like, well, this turned into a much more posh affair here oh. when Morris shows up in his blue and yellow suit slash smoking jacket. Uh-huh. But go ahead. Yeah, well, I thought it was more like a country club okay. or, a, you know, a fancy hotel or something like that where they're having this very, like, put-together party. So yeah. he kind of slummed it with the country people, and now he's with the fancy ladies. and <laughs> The fancy ladies. <laughs> and the uh, fancy Stella's also very into Morris. And the fancy men all very... Uh, threatened by Morris and his crew. Gosh, I know we've told this story before, but the reason we're doing this podcast is because Christy asked for it for Christmas one year. My Wanted birthday, to do a, yes. Okay, sorry, your birthday, um, which follows Christmas yes. shortly, which we try to keep separate in this household I'm very purposefully. Excellent job. Um, but I think if there's any reward that I've gotten out of doing this podcast with you, it's to be looking you in the eye with a microphone in front of your mouth and you saying, the fancy Stellas. <laughs> I'm so glad that you could also get a gift out of it. Yeah, it just keeps on giving. Truly. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the song fades out and mm-hmm. ends with the same laugh from the start of Chocolate that the song starts off with. So oh, I don't fun. know why they edited the beginning of Chocolate. They already had an intro to Jerk Out. It's... The women who are in this video right. also talking about, hey, isn't that Morris Day over there? Who cares? But they had to, I don't know, cut another part of the song, a different song together. The, I will say, yes, I thought the video was produced well. It is kind of fun to watch. It's what you expect from a video, right? You want to be a little visually entertained uh-huh. watching it and hear the song. But the edit of the video version of the song itself, I found to be kind of lame and sloppy. Oh. There, are, there are cuts in it that aren't very well done. Right. Um, and That's it's very fair. clearly an edit of the album version, which I get they had to do because the album version is very long. But I just thought the, while the video itself was well produced, I thought the edit of the song for the video was a, a 
tad bit sloppy. Oh, okay. That's fair. I just, yeah, it's fun. I yeah. was I was more voc- focused on the visuals. Yeah, which is fair. Yeah. Also very fair, because that's the whole point, is to give you some kind of reason to get interested in hearing the album. Mm-hmm. Uh, why else would you make a video? Yeah. In 1990, anyway. <laughs> they weren't getting clicks and views and likes and ad revenue off exactly. of this in 1990, unfortunately. Yep. And then the final thing that we're going to chat about, Jerk Out on Arsenio Hall. Yeah, the time beat Prince to Arsenio. He would appear in 1991 to promote Diamonds and Pearls before its release, but nearly a year earlier, August 24th, 1990, the time appeared on Arsenio Hall. My immediate take on this was I felt like while I enjoyed the video, the promo video for the song... A live video with a live performance would have been better because they are great live, lots of energy. Yeah. It is fun to listen and watch the time perform Mm -hmm. live, more so than watching them pretend to skirt around town in a jacuzzi-equipped Chevy slosh (laughs) stretch limo. That's fair. Lots of coordinated dancing by Morris and Jerome that kind of made them famous with their high fives that are just two fingers and mm-hmm. a lot of that going on. Yeah. It's it's very fun. Man, the very beginning of it, mm-hmm. when they have these like kind of grungy guitars yeah. and messy drums, it reminded me of Endorphin Machine. No. I can like, see that. a lot. Yeah, because the time did, I mean, it got kind of heavy. I mean, yeah. they were almost like a rock funk group uh-huh. for Pandemonium as, you know, before with Ice Cream Castles and, you know, when when the time was really just Prince and Morris Day, it was a funk thing, uh-huh. period. Smooth right. funk. Yeah. And ballads. And here, yeah, there's a lot of screaming guitars and... Especially right there at the very at the, beginning. Yeah, the intro is yeah. Morris and Jerome are making their way out. Uh-huh. And, yeah. Good point. Yeah. They mentioned chili sauce, and they do the chili sauce slide that's mm-hmm. almost completely missed. You don't get to see their feet. I know. I was like, like, oh, one of it's your my favorite. favorite. I love it. Yeah, I'm like, at least ready. they did it. It was super cool. Yeah. It reminded me of the story of filming the Little Red Corvette video. Uh-huh. When Prince did that kind of sachet slide to the side, and... It was improvised, and the director just wasn't ready because he was all tight on Prince and only had a handful of cameras and uh-huh. had to, like, get up the guts to go and talk to Prince about, look, we've missed this, and you got to give me a heads up when you're doing this. And Prince learned a lot about, you know, making videos there because, you know, not realizing, oh, I, that actually is a good point. I right. See. It wasn't upset that it was missed. It was kind of a learning thing. Mm-hmm. And here the uh, the cameramen for Arsenio just weren't quite prepared to catch <laughs> the chili sauce slide. Right. Morris is wearing his same jacket and tie combination. From the video? From the video, yeah. which I thought was fun. Yeah. Jesse slays on the guitar. Yes, he does. Is amazing. And then Morris and the guys do this kind of ride the horse kind of dance yeah and i was like that looks like gangnam style i was just gonna say (laughs) was it the south korean pop kind of (laughs) yeah uh, and i'm like that had to be an inspiration surely probably so you know i mean a lot of the stuff the time did with their Stacy Adams shoes that mm-hmm. more that uh, Bruno Mars picked up uh-huh. um, goes kind of uncredited. They they had an impact on style throughout the 80s and early 90s and possibly into the 
2000s. Uh-huh. You know? Yep. I was like, oh, that looks just like Gangnam Style. Surely somebody in Cur- you know, South Korea watched the yeah. time performed and was influenced by it because yep. this is, it's almost too similar to be a coincidence. Interesting. I've seen a lot of memes on the internet of, you know, the kids today will never know where it started. And I'll have, you know, the close-up of the Times shoes and mm-hmm. then a close-up of Bruno Mars and the shoes that he was wearing when he became popular. I have not seen a lot of give me credit for Gangnam Style. <laughs> Maybe he's skirting that because he doesn't want credit for it. <laughs> Whatever. It's silly and fun. Yeah. International it's a fun bit. performance, yeah. and Jerome does the splits multiple times too yeah. at the end of the song, and you know, they give us a "That's it" at the end. Um, it was just a very tight, mm-hmm. nice performance. Yep, that's my take on it. Excellent, I agree. Cool, very nice. All right, so that's all the music and performances and things we're going to talk we about today. We are completely jerked out. That's right. <laughs> So we make some selections. Oh, we choose a the time, rules. <laughs> we choose yeah. a time capsule, mm-hmm. something that exemplifies when the material was recorded or when it was released. We choose a C, the low point, and a mountain, the high point. Right. So I like we, it when you say with the C, it's not necessarily bad. It was just the thing that didn't <laughs> speak to us the most. Mm-hmm. I like the gentle cushion that you put on some That's of the right. Cs. Well, because... Uh, sometimes I'm, I'm aware that when we choose a C, it might be somebody's favorite song. Yeah. And I don't want to say. I think it's a it's very bad. nice and inclusive thing to say. That's right. So I'm just well, bringing it up here. Yeah. Good. I'm, I'm glad you enjoy it. Because we're going to get there. Yeah. We're going to say things. That's right. Well, for th- me, the time capsule. Mm-hmm. Is there anything that screams 1990 more than a jumpy Arsenio Hall performance that obviously came from somebody recording it on a VHS tape and then uploading it to YouTube? YouTube. There's just not a lot that screams 1990 more than that. You're right about that with kind of squiggly lines across the top or the Uh, side. And sometimes like the sound jumps just a little bit like it's just, it's, but. And it's in time with a flicker of the yeah. picture. So it feels very yeah. from a VHS yep. recorded off an over-the-air television. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's an entire style of video making now. Like, yeah. Make it look like it was from you know the 90s on VHS. It just they think it's cool. And we're like, yeah, that was just life. Right, and then you had to rewind it. Uh-huh. You know, and hope the tape didn't break or uh-huh. get caught in your VHS player. Uh-huh. Yeah, I thought when you went around when you were talking about uh, things being jumpy, I thought your time capsule would be the same as mine, but it went in a different direction. For me, the time capsule was the artwork, that black background with the pink and teal jumpy type. Mm-hmm. It just screams "Welcome to 1990" or maybe even "Welcome to the San Antonio Spurs" oh, yeah. from the 1990s, say. also late 80s, early 90s. Uh, it just screams that, and I think it's fabulous. It's a little bit of Miami Vice carryover with, uh-huh. uh, you know, it's probably three or four different typefaces, italics, bolds, slants, that kind of stuff, and that they're nicely arranged for jerk out, and even more so for chocolate. Just the the artwork itself is like, oh, I know right where that's from without even listening to the music. I don't even have to hear it. Yeah. 
Which that's a great album. Yeah. That's a great cover, if you yeah. can say that looking at it. Yeah. It's if fairly you can iconic. It, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it's even more sophisticated than the album cover itself with the band standing in a frying pan on a... It's goofy, uh-huh. you know, it's silly and there's humor in there, but the the type is definitely... There's there's some style there that mm-hmm. I think doesn't get enough credit. So I had to give it credit as a time capsule. Very cool. All right, the C. For me, it, had to, it was that sexy instrumental version because it oh, was okay. too long. Yeah. Uh, because I really think it could have been really good mm-hmm. if they'd edited it okay. a bit more. There were two or three minutes of stuff that was just much, much too repetitive. Okay. And I get where you're, what you're saying about it being for clubs and stuff like that. But even that, like, there were enough changes to keep it kind of interesting, but there was too long in between those changes. And if they tightened it up a little more. I think it could have been a much more successful, long-lasting sort of listen. Okay. I think I would say that probably suffers a little bit, like what I called sexy fatigue. Mm-hmm. You know, there's the sexy sure. mix, there's the sexy edit, the sexy dub, and then the sexy instrumental. And by the time you get through all of that, listening to it back to back to back to back, it does start to sound the same. It starts off and it's very exciting and, oh, this is fun. And then all the fun is kind of over with by the time you're 23 minutes into listening to all these different mixes. So they're probably better taken in chunks than listened to as a group, which is real smartly how we decided to do it. (laughs) (laughs) But that's how it came out. And so Uh it's fair to, to judge it that way. For me, the C is, I mean, hands down, bore me to death with the sexy mix, instrumental, dub, edit, whatever. But this acapella version is a piece of crap. Uh, it sounds so cheaply done. It almost seems like a joke. Like, it's not acapella at all. It's not resung. It's, you know, studio trickery that's not even very well done at all, especially when you listen to the sexy mix and the other edits of the of that mix and the dub version um there's some skill there right they're basically mm-hmm. new songs with new instrumental parts or new sampling turned into instruments mm-hmm. and this just seemed cheap and to include that and not mo jerk out right on the single just seems goofy to me i don't know how anyone in a studio listened to that and said hey can you hear the bleed through of the original song back there is that what did you mean to do that yeah steve i don't know yeah i did not i do not like it i do not like it i do not like it okay that's totally fair put an anchor on that sucker and send it to the bottom of the sea (laughs) all right the mountain the tippy top yeah climbed Everything, mm-hmm. and now we get to see the beautiful sight that is the sexy mix. Oh, that's the mountain for mm-hmm. you! My goodness, I think so. I'm, sh- I'm, I'm floored. <laughs> I just thought it was it was fun. They did some interesting stuff with it, but it kind of kept all of the good and interesting character of the original mm-hmm. song, but added to it, so it was fun. And of course, it's like the first thing you listen to, so it's fresh. Still feels fresh. Yep. Yeah. I agree. I don't have a problem with that. That was my second choice for the mountain. Mm. My mountain was Mo Jerkout mm-hmm. just because it's more of what I really want with the song, which would be, uh, well, ideally, Prince's version of the song would be awesome. 
Modric out feels like is about as close as we're going to get because it uses a lot of Prince's instrumental work. Mm-hmm. And not that I don't enjoy Morris's lyrics and singing slash rapping, but with those removed, it feels more like a period piece that should be, sure. I don't know, revered a little bit as part of Prince's catalog. And I just really enjoy it. It's a shame that, uh, that it was only available on the 7-inch version. And I don't know that there's a digital version of that available anywhere. It's either on the album or the cassette. I don't think you can get it on CD anywhere, and it's certainly not on streaming services anywhere. So it's a nice little gem to like rediscover as part of prep for, I don't know, which seemed like kind of a, oh boy, we're going to do a whole podcast on Jerk Out, really? <laughs> but the more we got into it, there's more of these little things that I discovered yeah. or rediscovered and hadn't noticed before that um, like the sexy mix I think is great and Mo Jerk Out also great. So yeah. a couple almost kind of like rediscoveries for me Good. Um, as part of this that I'll make a point to revisit. Excellent. That's great. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about next time? Well, we've got quite a string going here of podcasts on single releases from Graffiti Bridge and related sound track albums. Um, So we're going to keep the ball rolling with the round and round Mm -hmm. single. And as part of that, we're going to include the unreleased original version of Prince's and Tevin Campbell's that was before Junior got his Vasquez hands on it. Because <laughs> uh, I don't think you've heard that before. No, so I, I think that'll be a fun thing. There's a nice little CD maxi single for Round and Round. And uh, the unreleased original version will wrap into that too. Excellent. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for listening. We know that you make a point to listen to us. We don't just come on the radio somewhere that uh, you choose it and we really appreciate it. Tell a friend because it's way more fun when you listen with a friend. Uh, Rate and review anywhere you get your podcasts if you like us. Uh, If you don't, send me an email and maybe refrain from the review. But uh, I mean, uh, it's fine. You can do whatever you like, but we prefer positive reviews. (laughs) I'm just going to be honest. Give us the sexy mix of your review. (laughs) That's right. If you would. (laughs) That's right. And um, until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for being with us.